So I'll respond to some questions that have been placed here in a way that I hope will be of broad interest. First question, I'm I'm not able to get the breath at the nostril. What should I do? Well, breath doesn't occur at the nostril. Um, You can feel the contact. Sometimes you can feel the contact. Getting the breath at the nostril isn't um, the way I'd recommend going about establishing sati or mindfulness. So it's part you could do that. And in fact, uh, to be honest, uh, many teachers recommend doing just that. Uh, uh, but uh, clearly, not everyone can get it. Uh, and it's, uh, fortunately, it's happening all the time anyway. So. Um, you find another place you can get it. And essentially, if you um, the, the instruction of the Buddha does never mention nostrils. So, if you look in the Sutta Pitaka, you never find uh, any mention of nostrils in terms of mindfulness of breathing, nor anywhere really. It just says, "Be aware, mindful one breathes in, mindful one breathes out." So. And it's really not not even mindful watching a breath, but mindful of breathing. Breathing is a process. So it's a process of in breathing, out breathing is the is the full uh, term. Anapanasati, uh, breathing in, breathing out. Um, mindful of the ana, the pana, um, the in and the out of pana, and pana is uh, associated with life. So when we say panati pata, refrain from destroying living creatures, uh, we're not destroying their noses. <laughs> we're destroying their life force. These are creatures that can breathe in and out. You know? um, so fortunately, even if you don't have a nose, uh, which is unlikely, you could st- your body would still find a way of breathing in and out, otherwise you'd be dead. Um, so, if you contemplate just the, uh, so often, it, it's useful to, I think, to uh, get very basic, uh, realize the body is breathing. So, what you want to ask, I think, as a suggestion is, how how do I know I'm breathing? Am I breathing or not? How do I know I'm breathing? How do I not just think I'm breathing, but directly experience I'm breathing? How do, how do I experience that? It's happening. And, uh, you know, basically you'll feel, I imagine, some sense of, uh, um, you know, something's happening, something. And the, uh, the clue, of course, is anapana, in and out. Um, so there's a different, there's, there's, there's a different, uh, something that occurs in two different modes. So two different modes, in and out. So all the refrains in the Anapanasati Sutta talk about in and out, in and out. So if they're emphasizing, there's a distinction between in and out. Uh, And if you notice, when you breathe in, what occurs is you get a sense of energy running in. And when you breathe out, you get a sense of energy relaxing, calming. Mm -hmm. You also can get various qualities of sensation, 
in your nose, in the back of your nose, uh, in your belly, that swelling of the muscles there that operate the breathing, they flex. So any of these can be a place or a sign that you can focus on to give you that feeling of this uh, constant rhythmic process of something that has a very uh, obvious pattern to it. Breathing in, breathing out. So a very obvious distinction between those two. So the sensation, but even more distinct is the energy. So breathing in energy, generally when when you do something, you say, okay, take a deep breath, let's go for it. And you rouse up. There's a arousal sign. And you say, oh, let's take a breather, relax, breathe out. You know, so so it's, 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 we we do it all the time. Uh, And it moderates that energy. So we say there's an energetic quality there that we experience. Uh, And certainly there are um, strong, can be strong sensations. um, And, um, you know, the, the fullness of the breathing is operated, the breathing is basically operated from the abdomen, it's the pump. Lungs are not a pump, they are a receiver of the air and they, the, the air that's pumped up and received in the lungs is then uh, you know use the oxygen is that used then to to um, uh, oxygenate the blood but the lungs don't do breathing they, they do receiving the breath so it's not a chest thing really um, it's a belly thing does the pumping uh, and uh, you know that's very helpful because you see, if it's not happening there, it probably means something is tense or, or frozen. And this is not uncommon for people to not feel their breath in their belly because they're so tightened up through various forces of pressure and stress. And so the breathing just kind of ends halfway down their throat. They can't get any further than that. This is a stress breath. Yeah, and but then in the Anapanasati it says, uh, fully breathe, uh, mindfully breathing in, mindfully breathing out, and then the long breath, breathing in long, breathing in short. So a sense of something that can extend, and you want to let it extend as far as it can. Don't decide how long it's going to be. Even take away the idea of lungs and nose, and just feel the energy and let it flow as fully and as long uh, as it can, as it can you know, that's your life thread and if it you know, just try to and if find, so you're finding something obstructing that so you can't really it doesn't seem very long it seems un, sort of withheld then the uh, lot work can be done on accessing the body why, where is the tension in the body where uh, uh, you know uh, and then what's needed to help to release that tension so that the breathing can be complete and, and comfortable. Because the, you know, the Buddha taught this as because he felt it was a comfortable abiding place. If it's not a comfortable abiding place, you know, one needs to do something in one's body to begin to release these tensions or... Um, stagnant energies. Yeah. 
And if, and I'm trying to explain some of those as we go along. That's why we do so much of this uh, body energy work and accessing the body. I really keep referring to mindfulness of breathing, but it's kind of like it sits in the background as a reminder, because that's where everything can return to. And as if your practices in your body are beginning to bear fruit, you'll find that by and large, you will find yourself almost easily experiencing this without really having to to search for it. It just starts to feel that rhythmic. Uh, And then you're coming into a state, we say, of bodily um, suitability. Um, If it isn't suitable, then I would suggest you don't really do much, focus on the breathing much at all, but focus more on what will give you the qualities that are suitable so you might sense, I feel so stressed, or uh, then you need more space. I feel my mind is constantly obsessing with thoughts. You need a bit of ground. You need to get down in, into the ground. You need to earth yourself in physicality. Do some walking. Do some standing. Yeah. Or I just feel endlessly under pressure to get this breathing working. I've got to get good at it. I, I can't make it. Stop doing it. You know, you, you're stressing yourself out. Um, instead cultivate qualities of goodwill and uh, uh, if you can't find goodwill to yourself then think of someone you can feel goodwill towards <laughs> and enjoy that experience and then take it in and sit within it and make much of it and we always keep re- refer- returning to this body because this is the um, um, where these as we can see, both the difficulties of, of our karma can be experienced in this body and also the fruitions of our release can be experienced in this body. And so when that becomes true, you know, that you are beginning to get a sense of release and meeting difficulties but being able to steadily, you know, not add to them, not get phased by them, not spin out on them but just steadily handle process relax breathe through brighten up find the balances and so forth then this mindfulness of breathing bears great fruit this is because of the um, very nature of it it has an effect on the nervous system And so that's right at the um, bridge between the body and the mind. You see, so clearly our nervous system affects our emotions. If you're a very hyper nervous system, then your emotions tend to be very speedy and your mind is very speedy. Um, and so this breathing sits right at the where the body and the mind are not entirely separate. That is, the, there's a sense in which the emotions are affected by breathing. And so when we panic, the breathing gets very short and tight and rapid. When we feel deeply grieving, the breathing kind of sinks. When we feel buoyant, we feel breathing is fluent. When we feel um, excited, the breathing you know, energizes more. Uh, so, and these are very obvious things that we all notice, uh, but actually it goes a lot more refined than that.
And the Buddha clearly understood that. Um, so then he, he cultivate this as a way of accessing the mind or the basis of the mind um, to calm and soothe and steady the mental, what are called mental formations or citta sankara, which I hope to refer to in due course. Mental formations or heart formations or heart activities or heart programs or heart energies. And so just this word sankara is rather difficult to uh, find a single translation for, but you'll know you'll know what I mean because this is the stuff of impulse, fear, joy, uh, agitation. Uh, you know, basics of stuff that really the irrational uh, mind, the irrational mind, the heart mind, which can be deeply afflicted with traumatic um, effects, and of course deeply resourceful with its boundless, uh, when it's boundless and free, it's deeply resourceful as a source of kindness and goodwill and resilience and patience, so citta sankara. Uh, but to, you know, the Buddha's saying, use anapanasati, first of all, to calm what's called kaya sankara. Kaya sankara can be roughly translated as nervous energy or body energy. And he says, one accesses the kaya sankara, thoroughly aware of the entire body, and then calming the kaya sankara, soothing it. So it's like just smoothing it out. And now when we come to a phrase like sabbakaya pati sangwedi, um, that is thoroughly complete. Pati means thorough, sang means complete, vedi means feeling, thoroughly, completely feeling. Um, Sabakaya, entire or all body. So, what do you think that means? <laughs> it means the entire body, thoroughly feeling it. Um, but in this sense, when you close your eyes, what is your body? When you don't have a mental idea of it, what is your body? When you don't conceive yourself to be a certain size or shape or gender, what is your body? Hmm? And it's essentially uh, an experience of sensations, I would suggest, and particular mm, textures, firmness, uh, pliability, uh, warmth, mm, we call properties or elements. And there's something more which is the way that all this stuff keeps keeps going, you know. And this is energy, body energy. And it can be heightened and intense and, and very driven and passionate and agitated and fearful and driving. And it can also be steadying, soothing, expansive, fresh, releasing. So this is body energy, and so then we enter. So you feel that through the entire body, the entirety of that field of experience, as I've been trying to um, present. The body is a field, 
strange language because we're so used to seeing the body as a shape well when you look at it with your eyes it's got a shape when you close your eyes what happened to that shape you can carry it in the back of your mind but if you rub it out what is the shape does it have a shape it generally has these properties firmness fluidity mobility warmth and certain parts can suddenly seem very large other parts seem to disappear you know you can feel like you're all knees massive knees because this area is swelling with sensation and energy or you can feel that you're all shoulder this is intense so you can see energy you know the body seems to it's not the same body Hmm? yeah and if there's some of these imbalances, if these are uh, begin to to so you feel a lot, you're up in your chest or your shoulder, then you okay, aware of that, then widening your awareness to include the other shoulder, the chest, the back, and then widening your awareness to spread down, you know, there's a downward direction, there's a backward direction, there's something around this. And that this process, if carefully uh, cultivated, particularly when you you do have the the uh, access to to um, uh, you know calm, steady breathing, this can help to equalise and you know make the body feel more coherent and comfortable. And so there's no point just being up in your nose for that. Nose can be clearly a place where you can, you know, get your attention to focus. Say you're you're spinning all over the place, you're spinning out to this. So you can come back to that point. I'll grant you that, provided you can get it. But you don't need to get that point. You get any point you like, as long as the point is you can get it. <laughs> Otherwise, it, there's no, you know, it, it doesn't serve any purpose unless you can get it. And if you're constantly striving to get it, then that's not useful because that's adding another set of pressure and tension to something that doesn't need any more. So find something accessible. As your mind settles, then begin to notice how energy, breathing, energy, your whole body, how you can sense that and smooth it smooth the energy there so the body feels like a very uh, comfortable and slightly amorphous it hasn't got a definite shape to it it's just a sense of you know well I've you know said many things about this so some that's really gone into the next question how discuss could you discuss body energy describe it more clearly observed well certain um, just to add a little more to that certain um, very significant uh, features of body energy are really um, tension which is of kind of or hyper energy so it's too much energy and it's all locked up so that's that's an energy state Our body energy can also be where the, your body just feels very vague and fuzzy it's 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 it doesn't got any uh, you feel, particularly if you're sick you know if you're sick 
sometimes you can feel body's hardly got any matter to it. It just feels you know just energy just all over the place, and it's uh, uh, it needs to be carefully gathered and looked after. Um, when you are in good condition and you're healthy and energy is flowing, then the body energy can feel like a kind of a, almost something fluid and warm that runs through the limbs. Uh, so this is, um, these are examples of body energy, tension, uh, uh, hypersensitivity, so you feel yourself jumpy, you know, nervy, jumpy, that's energy. The energy is jumping, you're too tense. Um, yeah. So these are, we say, the imbalances. And the balance is when you get some experience that's not sensation, but actually could be seen perhaps as something whereby sensations line up in a positive way. There's a sensation of chest rising, flowing nicely into uh, another sensation. So the sensations are flowing along nicely. Um, So that's all energy. Um, now, body energy, like because it's not a it's not like a physical substance. It's more like um, you know, might like it to electrical energy or magnetic energy. These are energies, and they radiate. So, you know, you know we have um, all creatures, uh, plants included seem to emanate uh, um, biological energy fields. Um, So they emanate those. And it seems even that that creatures learn how to adjust and sense those energies. Um, So sometimes it seems that birds, migrating birds, can tune in to the energies of the Earth's field and they go and fly by wire, you know, because they can't, they haven't got maps. They can fly thousands of miles. Clearly they're not, Look, reading the, you know, any map or anything you know, up in the sky, so it seems that they've have some kind of energetic system that tunes into the Earth energy, and they just cruise along that. Uh, of course, you have to ask a bird, but uh, these are all suppositions. But we do notice, you know, the Earth has energy. Uh, animal uh, creatures, that are bi- biological formations of energy. Um, and the whole, so it's a very energetic um, uh, universe. Everything is energy. Uh, 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 yeah. So, so the human body uh, emanates energy, not just within itself, but it, it radiates it around. Uh, yeah. And. Uh, Particularly, you know, there's a, there's a field that seems to be more like a hoop around the body, but it extends forward. But we are, this is just adding too much detail, I think. So you feel, essentially, the boundaries of your skin, and feeling the, the, the center of your body, the sense of having a center. That's called the midline. You know, it's a midline, which is rather like a line running down the spine, and is there centering, and energy move radiates from that, and um, so you feel from there the center of your body, and you may detect this midline, 
behind your navel or behind your heart. These are the and behind the third eye. So these are the pla- places where it becomes more apparent, and you can feel a certain glowing, uh, warming, uh, resonant or tingling effect there. Yeah. And so that, that tends to radiate, um, as energy does. Um, yeah. and, and if it's healthy, it can radiate quite a long way. And someone who's cultivated that, like a Buddha, you generally see they, when they're depicted, they generally have some kind of aura around them. That's their energy field. Um, you know, so you see Buddhas, they're often sitting with some kind of glowing light around them. What do you think that is? That's their, that's their energy field. And Thai Buddha images often have a little flame coming out of their head, which is clearly not a flame, but it represents their 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 midline coming up through the crown of the head because it comes up through here and if you if you don't you know, like myself it's very easy if I don't have any hair you can actually track there's a little kind of groove there the crown so this is r- roughly it's roughly in line with the ear and um, this is where the the uh, uh, energy can go come come out the body this way and people who study this say, you know, at the end of our life, this is where the life force moves out this way and doesn't return. Then it's called dead, no energy. It's, then it's really just inert matter. So the energy is the stuff of life. Yeah. And it's not material, but it, it suffuses materials. Uh, and it's... Um, it's something that has also a kind of an intelligence to it. How do you think this body does its work metabolizing food, digesting food, turning, metabolizing air, moderating temperature, uh, correcting heartbeat? I mean, there's a lot going on there. And it's, it's sensing energies and responding to energies. It's communicating itself energetically. That's its language. It doesn't use words. It uses energies to to uh, communicate to itself. So, yeah. so if we are able to uh, say access, purify, fully, uh, man- you know, bring energy, body energy into good condition, then this would be both both helpful for our own physical health, often anything else. And it also brings a kind of quality of luminosity that we can begin to experience. And you can sit in it. If you get more calm and steady, you come to the edge of your skin, you feel a sense of opening into the space around a certain... The boundary of the skin becomes less distinct. And you feel your presence, body presence, becomes more like an energy form. Uh, this en- because this energy is also um, connected to the emotions, a, uh, we can extend that uh, heart energy. It's a way in which um, energy comes out through the heart, and the heart is an important organ of uh, um, awareness. So it's not just a pump. The heart is not a pump. It contributes, but the heart doesn't have the power to pump blood all over the body. It, it just can't do it. So, but it does have the power to uh, 
a lot of it's neural tissue, so it's able to sense, and it senses, and it senses things in ways we call our emotions, or our intuitions, or our felt senses. Do you feel slightly around me is safe or not safe? Comfortable or not comfortable? And there's these sense apprehensions. And those are heart senses. They're not rational. Yeah. Now, so when we purify body energy, we also are really helping to purify the heart of its fears, of its anger, of its tensions. And so overall, you know, uh, this is good stuff. That's what it is. You know, and it, uh, it does surprise me how little is this this kind of uh, understanding, you know, penetrates the meditation community, which by and large keeps trying to focus on one single point and get concentrated. Uh, and yeah, I, th- I think you, if that works for you, then your energy will get concentrated. Mm. But um, you know, if your energy is all messed up then it, 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 it's not good to do something like that. Mm. But first of all, to get into a uh, agreeable, good enough uh, energet body energy state, you don't have to be absolutely Olympic standard, super fit but good enough so you feel comfortable. Uh, and then from there, your body feels a bit more refreshed, and present, you're in there, and then you can refine this to the process of breathing in and breathing out. As you do so, uh, first of all, it can be quite obvious, the pulling in the belly and the expansion of the chest and the movement of energy is quite uh, apparent, but as the mind calms down, as things calm down, as the nervous system calms down, the body doesn't need so much breathing. So the breathing tends to to lessen because it just doesn't need it. And the body knows that. The body knows. We we can't decide. The body knows that's enough of that. Don't need so much of that. Because the body, this energy of the body is intelligent. It can sense. Hmm, Getting enough. That's enough. That's all I need. Because I'm not doing a lot. And I'm not wasting it in superfluous thinking. <laughs> so, so they're quietened down. So then it's that quality of breathing becomes not exactly static, but much more softly flowing. Almost like, like, uh, almost like something mercurial, you know, fluid. Uh, and, and uh, you know, then, then again, the idea of a particular place to put your attention is kind of irrelevant because when it's like that, there's only one place, which is this, <laughs> you know, which is this sense, this steady, slightly could experience as luminous, radiant, comfortable, have an emotional tone to it. Uh, you know, and then there, there it is. There's no, that's the point. There's no you know, point within that. That that's it. And you can sit within that and let it come to you, and open yourself to it, and re- let your heart 
sense, receive that, and feel gladdened by that. And you know, don't have to understand it or figure it out or think what to do next, because all that stuff is just, you know, getting in the way. Just enjoy. Yeah. And if that becomes steady, then you can uh, you, you can contemplate this process, which is the wisdom feature. So there's some descriptions of body energy as you experience it in breathing. It's also there. It's always there. Yeah. So um, when you lie down, it, it changes. Uh, so uh, if you if you if you ask, uh, sometimes you can't sleep because your energy hasn't changed, even though you lay down, it hasn't really switched off because something's disturbed. You're ill or you're stressed out. And these are, are unfortunate experiences that people have, partly because the energy body is not respected. So our lifestyles often throw us around and, and or violently shock. So the energy body is extremely scrambled. And then you lie down, you just you're not able to sleep. You're disturbed, and the emotions come up because of disturbance. But if your, you know, if your body energy is reasonably healthy and you lie down, it, it changes, it, it quietens down, becomes less vigorous, and you can still track it. Uh, and the way to track it is to, through the f- soles of the feet, these openings, the soles of the feet, the palms of the hands, uh, maybe those are the obvious ones, so you can recline with your palms open and opening the soles of the feet as if they are like mouth and try to follow the midline the spinal midline and open your hands and either place them in your chest in belly or just let them rest beside you so you can feel also the open hands and there's an energy there so then it's even quiet you can still you know maintain sati mindfulness in that position um, and if you get quite good at it you can sustain it for hours without falling asleep but often an average person maybe 10 minutes before their energy slides but you can um, you know the ways of, of um, strengthening energy we've done some physical means um, the qigong but essentially the act of attention just the act of giving attention to energy will amplify it. You know, so if you focus on energy, you will amplify that energy. If you attention onto the energy, they will amplify it. And this is something to bear in mind, because if, you, if it's not good, you will amplify the not good quality of it. So if you're feeling stressed and you keep focusing on the stress pattern, you'll get more stressed. If you feel tense and you keep focusing on the tension, you'll get more tense. Uh, but if you focus on the calming, cooling quality of the energy, you'll get more of that. Now, attention has to be careful. Now, if we do experience stress and tension, which probably we will do, then uh, be careful with your attention because... Uh, an untrained or unskilled mind will tend to focus on that tension and try to solve it and try to tweak it 
and try to and what you're doing you're putting more energy into it because your attention carries energy so you're putting more energy into a, a place that's already got too much energy <laughs> so tension is too much energy because it's not moving it doesn't seem like energy but it's frozen energy it's locked up what we need to do then is melt it uh, or, or let it dissolve and for this process if you come to an area that's tense and stressed then you want to widen your attention and again I must emphasize this point because most people by default will imagine attention has to be pinpoint and you can pinpoint but attention is like a lens you can open it and I do really recommend you do use that capacity to widen your attention and yeah so you're not just thinking attention is this sharp thing it can be a wide thing it's particularly helpful when you're contemplating or you're experiencing uh, stressful energies in your body you want to touch that by all means but then widen your attention to find a place that's not stressful yeah, so if I've got something happening say in the top of my chest I'll be there and I'll start to widen I might come down my arm into my wrist or fingers or palm of the hand not leaving this but just widening to include that I might widen it to include down to my belly and I just kind of get a feeling for it because often you can trace where the tension is it's sharp and then you feel the edges of it where it's just a little more you know, there's some movement there, it's, it's, it's jagged. And then you, okay, beyond that, it's not so jagged. And then, you, then it's slightly pulsing. And then you can feel there's a line coming out of that. And if you follow it, trace it down, maybe it comes down in this example, comes down into the crook of my arm, and then, oh, I open my palm, my hand, and oh, that's interesting. This is, this is starting to change. Because the simile I would use is of a drain, opening up a drainage channel. So it may be down there, or it may, of course, empty down, and you find, oh, that's funny, there was this place in my belly I didn't even notice, but there was something tight there. And when I focus on that and relax that, oh, this changes. And it's truly remarkable um, you know, for the way we normally conceive our bodies and the way we approach it, you suddenly say, well, that's changed. Or it could be down your back. Uh, or if it's in your belly, you might think, well, it's really, you know, there's a lot of disturbance happening here. I'm feeling quite nervy and jangly and contracted in my belly and I don't know what to do about it. So, well, let's just go slowly down your legs into your feet, the soles of your feet connect connect it and you find you know there can be a slow discharge because we're dealing with a, a system that's innately whole and coherent yeah so everything knows everything else yeah so you touch your foot everything should know something's touched my foot yeah there's a thrill or a resonance that runs through because it's a single system. It's an intelligent single system. You know, so the pain runs through. And our response or the reaction is when something's uncomfortable, we, we 
isolate it. We try to put something around it, a cordon around it, and shut it off. This is the trauma, body trauma. When you've wounded it, it kind of seizes up. So you've got to, in a way, connect it to the rest of the body. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the tendency of our mental attitude is to try and push it away and shut it down. So you, instead you do the opposite. You say, can I widen, soften and open and almost welcome that into the rest of my body? And you, you do that carefully, patiently, with the right attitude. Um, I don't know, but many times I'm finding that this causes things to shift by widening and softening and not being in a hurry, but being respectful of this body, saying, you know, please help me. I can't do this in my brain. I've got to rely upon this system. It is a coherent, cohesive system. And it, it gets fractured into bits and pieces where your head's not on your body anymore. Your eyes are not connected to your body. Your hands are somewhere else and your feet don't know where your head is because of the way that uh, we are uh, not living in a fully connected, coherent way. So really this returning and to something for one's health, for one's relief from stress, as a basis of meditation, um, you know, this is, this is real stuff. And so I do recommend um, accessing it. And uh, it's once you, get the, once you get the sense of it, it's like, how did I not notice that before? My goodness, you know. This is obvious. Uh, you know, when you have your meal, it's going to go down, isn't it? You're going to feel slightly more because the body's using its energy to digest food. When you begin to sense that, you think, hmm, can I eat less? <laughs> I don't want to go through that again. I'd like to stay steady. So you eat just exactly enough and you moderate it. Not because you're trying to starve yourself, but because you think, you know, steady body energy, that's much, that's really what I want to have. And if that means not so much jumping up and down, <laughs> you know, then, then the smooth, steady body energy, that's what I really find myself most comfortable and most uh, useful with. So there are many ways in which one can respectfully um, deal with this. Um, uh, but by and large, to, to continue on this theme, you know, uh, because we, are, we, many of us, are quite dislocated, and I have certainly been very dislocated. You know, so up in my head, so a thinking system with a something underneath it that you put bread and rice into. You know, <laughs> uh, but so the main thing is all this stuff up. This is where the real business is. Uh, and, you know, and in fact, the whole certainly Western thought has been very dualistic in that way. You know, up here, this is where it's at. This is just carcass. Uh, yeah, so, uh, because of that, yeah, yeah, there's a dislocation, and we don't. Some we really don't know how to walk anymore. That is, we we just get on our heads. And we switch the body in like it's a car, and we drive towards where we want to go. 
you know, and the eyes are already there, and the mind is already there, you know, and the body's running along behind it. Your mind is already in the car, or in the work, or in the kitchen, or wherever you want to be, and your body kind of runs underneath it. (laughs) You know, is that, yeah, you're laughing. I think you recognize that. So that's not respectful. You know, it's breaking you up. <laughs> yeah. So you try to do everything it's possible if you're going to use your hand. Remember, the hand comes from the arm. It's not that difficult. It's difficult to break the habit of, you know, extend your arm because the hand is always connected to the arm. Pick something up and pull it back. You know, rather than just, you know, be with what you're doing. Be with your movement. When you're walking, don't think you're just like sitting up at the top of a, of a tower, walking along, watching what's going on. But your body does the walking. Please be respectful of how it's operating. You know, how it knows how much effort to do, what pressure is there, or how to maintain balance. It's, it's a very intelligent system. And to be respectful and listen to it, rather than start running ideas of walking meditation and concentration and stuff up in your head those things will arrive as realities rather than as just concepts so this respectful you know quality to to our body body energy means looking for steadiness and coherence in our movements and our actions and even what we put into it so another, um, you can see I can go on about this for some time, <laughs> but I'll, I probably will, but I'll just tick up something, you see, my daily practice of mindfulness, I encounter a lot of mental proliferation due to being mindful of the surrounding environment and people's reaction when I interact with others be it positive or negative. So in the Satipatthana, you see the phrase, um, mindful, uh, mindful of the body internally, mindful of the body externally, mindful of the bodily internally and externally, mindful of feeling internally, externally, both, mindful of mind internally, externally, both, mindful of mental objects internally, externally, both. So, okay, so, you know, when you're, say, being mindful of the surrounding environment, it may mean you're, uh, I wonder what is actually meant by that. Could be you're attentive, so you, you can see it. But mindfulness uh, has a quality of, um, means something in, you know, you have a quality, the mind is actually collecting and staying with the direct experience. So mindful of our environment means we're mindful of uh, how that's affecting us. We're stimulated, uh, we get a sense of... um, it's enjoyable, disagreeable, and um, you're mindful of, of the effects 
of your environment or of talking with other people. And this is why we establish uh, mindfulness of body as the basic um, form within which these other forms of mindfulness sit within that. So we're mindful of other people, we're mindful of the effects other people's presence has on us and we're mindful of whether we're still stimulated or encouraged or gladdened or frightened or whatever. And you track those feelings and experiences in your body and you learn how to stabilize and ground yourself in the presence of external phenomena. Yeah. So um, you learn how to use your body and your some of your mental skills of, of calming, of dispassion, of detachment, to make sure whatever arises within attention <coughs> is held carefully. Yeah, and any hindrance within that is discharged. <coughs> Through grounding oneself in mindfulness of body, grounding oneself in mindfulness of mind. If it's the case that you're feeling a mental proliferation is occurring, this means your your mindfulness is not firmly established on the stability of the body or the stability of the mind. What's happening perhaps is you're giving attention to, to phenomena and you don't have an adequate place of uh, adequate establishment an adequate foundation to handle it you're getting overwhelmed by it you're not able to handle it mm. handling means you feel steady within that you have a stable reference point you know, this is the thought this is the feeling this is the presence of another person this is what happens when I see her it feels like this. I'm feeling whatever I'm feeling, emotion, energy. I'm aware of that. I'm not proliferating around it. I'm steadying it or holding it, not adding anything to it, not delighting in it, not rejecting it. Ah, that effect has calmed. So mindful of one others, mindful of oneself, we discharge the hindrance through the power of sati, mindfulness, and clear comprehension, full knowing, which is, this is a feeling, this is an emotion, this is what it's doing, and this is how it's held, this is how it's stabilized, this is how it's discharged, if it's a positive effect, this is how it's enhanced, settled in, enjoyed, made much of. So we're using this process to translate the world into Dhamma. Very important, again, going back to body energy <laughs> or energy, just realize uh, there's a lot of energy around, a lot of mechanical energy, a lot of... Uh, uh, lights, sounds, electronic stuff happening. And we go into very busy places, a lot of people energy. Everybody is emitting energy. So you get, it's very chaotic. It can be quite uh, turbulent energy. Therefore, it's important to keep your attention restrained. 
your attention goes out, where attention goes, energy goes, you find yourself merging with a very discordant uh, field. And sometimes it's best just to restrain your attention to about arm's length around you. So you're aware of this, this is my little bubble. Yeah, I can open it if I want to, if it, you know. But also I'm aware of that's my boundary. Really, it's really the boundary you can reach with your hand. That's a reasonable boundary. I'm within that. I can see where I'm going, but I'm kind of maintaining awareness within that. And what's outside that? It's softer. So you don't get pulled out. Because by and large, a lot of systems do, do that. They do reach in and pull you out. Signs, advertisements, lights, labels, words. They reach in and you feel yourself being pulled out by them, your energy being pulled out into and people get captured by this stuff. So that boundary maintains sati, maintain mindfulness of that. And your body acts as the central uh, core and reference point. So when your mind gets uncertain, deluded, not clear what's happening, what's happening in your body? Do you have a body or you lost it altogether? What's happening in your feet? What's happening in your breathing and you refer to that it will always tell you the truth and if you know the truth then you know what you need to do a couple more Theravada Tantric practice with the fig tree practice of Borana Kamatana have you been introduced to this no I haven't so I can't really comment on it <clears throat> Tantra for people who are not clear what this means, the word means the extension or a web of extension. Um, and this is something that's kind of part of contemplative and mystical uh, law, knowledge, understanding. And uh, when it's developed, we do it, I mean, we do it to a certain extent. Yeah, you know, life is tantric because we use symbols. So Tantra often extends our mental energy through the use of symbols or mantras or syllables or diagrams which contain particular meanings. And so they, you, you, you can, if you cultivate it, you can establish these as places where you plant a lot of uh, potency or meaning. And uh, some of the old forest ajans used to establish um, through through mandalas, through chanting, particularly through chanting, uh, defensive defense shields around them because they'd be out in the forest with the uh, demons and ghosts are and not evil stuff, nasty stuff. So they establish a kind of a, a tantric field, um, of, uh, like a shield cage, and this is can be done through recitations. Purita chanting is a tantric form. Um, you know, it's it's low level, but it's uh, uh, and bringing up the memory, uh, the images of devas or bodhisattvas. All these are, uh, we could say, they have a tantric quality. They extend mental energy into symbols and images. Um, so, but <laughs> the big but is uh, there's a lot there, and it can it can spin out of control. 
So you shouldn't, I wouldn't recommend anyone practice any more than just, you know, a bit of chanting, a bit of visualizing the Buddha or something like that. Because you're dealing with, when you, when you extend your mind, when you extend your mental energy, you're extending it into a vast field where there's lots of stuff there. It's, it's, it's there. <laughs> and it can, you know, you're like a little lamb walking into a, into a jungle. Uh, and you shouldn't go there unless you've got a good guide and good practice to do so because you can you can lose it people can go insane or severely disoriented through such things so you should always do these these tantric things with an experienced uh, uh, master who can guide you but i wouldn't it's not necessary for liberation essentially it's one of those add-ons. Um, and same with psychic powers. Somebody mentions here psychic skills. Well, I'm not quite clear what you mean, but perhaps you mean things of more supernatural state, and it's not necessary. Um, but the psychic skill we want to really accomplish is the skill of goodwill. Um, this is hugely transformative. And... Is a powerful protective force for oneself and for others. Okay, I think I have a few more questions, but I'll deal with them another time because I think that's probably enough um, talking for the evening. <laughs>